Feels good, baby. I will be back here. I will be back here, and I will be back for Welcome to the Fourth and Go Podcast. We are back. We took a little bit of a week off, need a little bit of vacation, time to reset. Matt's getting buried in snow. It's 73 degrees in Texas. Uh, but we are back. Matt, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much, man. I'm done shoveling snow for a little bit. And then of course it's supposed <laughs> to start snowing again tonight. So, you know, it is it is what it is here on the East Coast. But uh yeah, we took a week off. We took a week off. You know, we went hard in mobile and everything down the senior bowl. So we felt like we deserved just a little bit of time to ourselves. So that's exactly. what we took. That's what we took. But while we were down at the Senior Bowl, we got a chance to watch one of our favorite players. And this is Absolutely. Offensive, offensive guard center. Wherever you want this guy to play, David Moore from Grambling State. Welcome to the 4th and Goal Podcast. David, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Like like Matt said, you were one of our favorite guys that whole the whole week we were there. Um, I know you opted out of the 2020 season, getting back in the saddle, playing against some guys at the Senior Bowl. What was that like just to be like, yo, that's your first time back after taking the 2020 season off? What was that like just to get back into it? It was crazy. It was, it was hitting, like, for real, the whole, just the whole week in general. Um, I knew – I always knew um, my physical um, capabilities and, you know, my athleticism, so I already knew I was going to compete with them boys right there with that. But for me, it was just getting my confidence back. You know, being out a whole year. Last time I played was Thanksgiving of 2019. So, you wow. know, and then my first time playing again is against the best of the best. So it's like it's crazy. <laughs> so you know, so you know, I just had to be on my P's and Q's and just be ready at all times. So um, I I enjoyed the experience, and you know, and I believe I came out. I think I did okay. I think I did okay. <laughs> we think you did more than okay man that was it was those one-on-ones were something to watch and and, and i really want to touch on my favorite one-on-one rep we had it, well i guess you had we didn't have we were sitting in the stands uh but you're going up against carlos basham boogie basham from wake forest and he was coming in as one of the more highly touted guys into the senior mm-hmm. bowl you absolutely stand him up and then you all get into it not into it into it but like, yeah. there's a little bit of jawing going on. So, what's it like to go up against these guys that you have exactly zero familiarity with, and you know, just kind of, yeah. is it a lot of personality clashes, or, or what are we looking at here? Um, just just competitiveness, just you know, the highest level of uh, competitiveness, um, and all time high. That's all. Um, you know, just don't want to get beat at the end of the day. You know, but it was friendly. I mean, that's my guy. You know, over the weekend, um, you know, that week, we had a lot of fun together. So, um, that was my guy. Just you know. Uh, you know, don't want to lose, so you know, just pride. You know, trying to—that's <laughs> all it was to it. But yeah, he, that's my guy. He—he he, he a good one. So, um, 
I know this is a little bit off football subject, but I saw the Instagram videos of you playing piano. Can you play piano, or are you just messing around? <laughs> no, I was, play, I, was I was messing around. I know you're. You, yeah, I'm saying you're you're a great guard and center. Is there any other traits you know, about you outside of football that do people need to know about? Can you sing? We saw you play the piano a little bit, messing around. But nah. what else do you do? <laughs> no, nah, but um. I mean, besides football, I would say I can eat. I mean, I can eat. Uh, <laughs> probably, um, I like to play basketball. Um, I like outdoors. But me personally, I'm kind of a laid back, chill kind of guy. I like to watch a lot of movies. You know, as I get older, I'm starting to enjoy the classics, like Taking One, Taking Two, Taking Three. I'm starting to go back and watch. You know, those movies. Now I gotta go back and watch. The Dark Knights. I gotta go back and finish all the Dark Knights now. So absolutely, uh, hell yeah, I know they can do that. And uh, but probably play the game. I like to play Warzone a lot. You know, if you guys play the game, you, you can't see me on that Warzone. You know, if you play Warzone, so that's that Warzone. Whatever. And probably you know outdoors, like you know scenery and um, ATVs, like four wheelers. You know those type of things. But that's really about it, though. That's about it. Yeah, so you're coming from Grambling State. You're coming from an HBCU. You're the only HBCU player down at the Senior Bowl. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to your family? What does that mean to just everything to just represent that community? It means a lot. I mean, I re it really hasn't really hit me yet. You know, just this whole process, the whole thing in general really hasn't hit me yet, you know. And, um, you know, just the the feedback, the the love I'm getting from everybody, you know, the support. It means a lot, and you know, it, it just pushes me to go harder and it motivates me, you know, to go harder, 10, ten times harder. So it means a lot. You you did go to HBCU. Um, did you did you have any other offers anywhere else, or was that just a personal choice? Hey, look, I'm going to go to uh, Grambling State just, you know, for family purposes or whatever it may be. What what were other offers out there available to you when you coming out of high school? I mean, for me, I have really I got a whole testimony, a whole story. For me, coming yeah, out of high go. school, I yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't play my freshman and sophomore year. Um, I didn't start playing until my junior year. So um, my high school was a, a basketball team, I mean, a basketball school. So they didn't really have a winning, you know, record in football-wise my freshman and sophomore year. So I didn't never really go out. Um, came out my junior year after the coaches and my peers kept begging me to come out and play. So I finally came out and played. Um, we went from like what zero and eleven. Um, I think the year before I played, probably went in one or two games. We won, we went six and four, I think. So that was mm -hmm. like a huge improvement. And then my senior year, we went to the state championship. So it was, it was, you know, it was big time for me. So, um, with that being said, my freshman sophomore year, I didn't really, um, I didn't really apply myself in class like that. So my junior and senior year I had to play catch up so I came out as a non qualifier. So when it came to Grambling, I had interest, you know, like Oklahoma, a couple more schools, um, but they couldn't offer me because of my situation. So when um when I finally sat down and figured out what I was gonna do, I know my office line coach he used to work at Grambling State. Um so he knew a couple he has a couple of connections. Um and the offensive coordinator at the time, which was Eric Dooley, he is now the head coach at Preview. So um, he came for a home visit. 
And to be honest, I didn't know what HBCU was. And, you know, when he got there and everything. So, you know, he started talking to me and just let me know the history um, of Grambling and everything. So I was I was a lot intrigued. So um, it really just went from there. I felt like he felt like um, he was giving me a great vibe. Like, okay, this is where I want to go. So I find I went on a, a visit and I committed. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that, man, I wish I had a cool story like that, but I don't. Like, I, don't, like, I, don't have, like, I didn't start, start playing until I didn't start playing until junior high school. Now I'm going to be in the NFL. Um, now, so another thing I want to touch on, Grambling State is an FCS school. I myself am a graduate of James Madison University, okay. so I absolutely stand for all these FCS yeah. schools because Javi over here likes to call him D2 just to get under my skin. Just to get under your skin. Just to get under my skin. I mean, that, nothing against you. It's just to get under my skin. So so what's it like to be – I mean, you had Dylan Reduns there as well. You know, you have all yeah. these FCS guys that showed up at the Senior Bowl and played mm-hmm. extremely, extremely well. Can you just talk about how FCS is not a slouch division? Because I want this to be understood by so many people that the FCS is full of ballers. Oh, yeah, it's most definitely full of ballers. I mean, it's just certain – circumstances that happens, you know, to where those guys might not be able to, you know, be be at that that bigger place or a bigger um institution. So, you know, as long as they stay the course and, you know, remain humble and put the work in, they gonna find you. So we were fortunate enough to, you know, do those things and we were found. So yeah, but it's a lot of ballers. It's a lot of ballers, especially my guy uh um the D three. Um Oh, I know you're talking about miners. Yeah, miners. yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. So yeah, it was just like we had like conversations, um, like when we would have meetings and things of that nature, um, where both teams would meet up and everything, like how he would see me a ball and then I see how I see him balling. So it was like it was cool. So yeah, that's my guy. Um just seeing him do his thing as well. So that that kinda of motivated me, like, okay, I gotta step my game up too. I see him doing his thing, so let me make sure, you know, doing my thing. Yeah, so so me and Matt, we got to talk to Pat Narduzzi when we were at the Senior Bowl, and we kind of overheard their conversation with Patrick Jones and Rashad Weaver about how Narduzzi had gotten them ready for the NFL. Um, do you think the Senior Bowl helped you get ready for an NFL coaching staff? And how was – you were on Matt Rule's team, if I'm correct here. Yeah. So how was Coach Rule in that dynamic and trying to prepare you guys for what's what's to come in the NFL, what's, what's to expect from you know preparation standpoint, how to take care of your body, things of that nature? What was all that – that whole week, what was that all like with uh, with those type of guys? It was great. I mean, it was a hectic week overall. It really was. I mean, it was, it was so much going on, but I think it was just a test to see how you can handle it. And um, for me, I think I did. I think I did great. So um, they prepared us well. Um, we did a lot of film study. Me and other coaches, um, just the basis of how um, an NFL team. They like how it goes like daily, like the meetings. This is the life of an NFL player, basically. You know, with the coaches, you got your meetings, um, walkthroughs, all type of things. So it was, it was great. It was phenomenal. Matt Rule seemed like a very different coach from Brian Flores oh, yeah. when we were watching. Matt Matt Rule was in there, and you know, you look into his backstory, and he's been an offensive line, defensive line, tight end, quarterback. Running. He's been, he's coached every single position almost at, at, at just about every level, and he's very very involved. And we saw him getting down and getting in the drills. Have you ever had a head coach like that that's just completely committed to getting in and showing you exactly what he needs to do from from a head coaching standpoint? Um, yeah, my um, my head coach 
Roger Fobbs Hill from uh, Grambling, he'll, he'll come down to the offensive line and try to, you know, hey, you know, just being involved, you know, and that's what we like to see, you know, just having your coaches involved and, you know, showing, you know, hey, I still, they, they still got it a little bit as well, you know. <laughs> With um now with you with you as a player you know with that week what did they what did they try to tell you about hey what can you improve on what were you looking to improve on while you were out there anything that you want to make sure you're getting better at for you know any type of pro day or any type of workout you may have with the NFL teams coming up for this draft uh probably probably technique um you know just getting back to, back into the fundamentals you know I never had a lot of rep until you know that week so. Just getting back in my feedback under me, uh, under me, um, working on my hand placement, making sure I'm, you know, um, have my hands in the right place, and just keeping my feet alive, and just um, continuing to, you know, work on my technique. Basically, that's for me. That's the biggest thing for me right now, because um, you know I'm not really worried about the, the, you know, other part of the game, physical part, and just the mental part as well. So, just making sure I get that down pack as well. So, just technique and keep my mental straight yeah we, we talked about how you and you and boogie basham kind of went back and forth is there anyone else down there in, in mobile that really stood out to you as one of your toughest matchups nah i dominated them all <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nah i think i like uh sample from Tulane. Tulane. oh he was good Tulane had a good motor um there was a couple of guys actually i wish i would have you know the Georgia DM, but he had got hurt. I wish I would have got a chance to go against him again because he had got me the first day. So I wanted my, I wanted my rematch. So uh, he got me. But um, it was a couple of guys, you know. Um, Baylor, Baylor DM was nice. Uh, Iowa, Iowa. They, it was a, it was a good it was a good competition out there. So but I would say probably Basham um, and probably Sample. Yeah. So you live in you live in Arkansas, right? Is that that right? Yeah, okay. Okay, so you're not too far from me, other than Texas. But so, what is it? You know, what is your? Do you have a preference on where you go in the NFL? Do you want to be closer to home, to family? How what's what's the biggest thing for you uh, about where you where you end up in the NFL? Is it scheme fit purposes, or more just hey, I want an opportunity and let's just make it happen? Or do you want to be somewhere close to family? How how do you think? How is that dynamic going to work for you in the NFL? Well, right now I'm training in Houston right now, so um, just seeing you're not too far from me. Yeah, just see how it is out here. I mean, it's kind of, I want to say it's fast paced, but it's kind of, you know, kind of fast. I mean, for me, overall, I don't care where I go, as long as I get that chance. But I know my family. I know my family, they die hard, they die hard Cowboys fans. Uh oh. <laughs> they some die hard Cowboy fans, yeah. So, so if you become a Niner, uh, they're going to have to switch up. Oh, yeah, most of them. I mean, wherever I go, they're going to switch up. I mean, wherever I go, so. You know, I wouldn't mind going on the West Coast, you know, good weather. I wish the tax would come down a little bit, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, I know. completely understand that thing. I got out of California as soon as I could. Uh, <laughs> so when, when did you know, all right, all right, I, I'm good at football. This could possibly be a career for me. What, what was that moment where it kind of clicked for you? You said you didn't start playing until your junior high school, so I'm for assuming me? you didn't know when you were eight years old. So, you know, when, when did it start to click for you? I mean, I mean, I always knew I was kind of a freakish athlete, you know, just growing up. Because I used to be, as a kid, just growing up, doing backflips off of monkey bars, trees, and all that type of things. 
That's just, you know, I was a daredevil growing up. So doing those type of things. Um, and um, I would say probably my junior year, you know, um, my junior year of college, my last year of playing, I really, I knew the work that I was putting in. Um, I knew. I know my body felt good. I was confident in myself. Uh, my confidence was at an all-time high. Um, and I knew the work that I put in um, that summer was going to pay off um, in the season. So I just went in the season, and I took it game by game. And I would say, I don't know. <laughs> I still, it's still ain't hit me today. Like, you know, it's still really ain't hit me. Like, you know, you finna be at this next level. So it's like, dang. I can't even say, I can't even think, really. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> I, no, I, I can't even imagine the excitement. Um, you know, you, you did, you, we keep, we, we keep bringing up senior bowl because, you know, that was your most recent performance when you were out there, you know, when you spoke to other teams, what were, what were other teams saying about you or what were they thinking you could go in the draft? What, what, what were those type of conversations like? I know you don't have to dig too deep into that, but what, what were some of the things that were being said while you were there as far as from other teams and people you may have met, met with? Um, hey, overall, I was saying I was, doing, I was doing a great job there. They said I was doing a great job um, on the field, um, just telling me to keep it up. And also, um, um, I had weighed in at 350, so that was shocking to me, you know, when I seen that. So it was like, it was shocking to everybody. Cause I remember um, when we weighed in, all the scouts, um, I remember telling them, okay, I'm probably gonna be 315, 320. That's what I was telling them. So when I weighed in, I said 350. Yeah, we hear all the chatter in the room because, like, you look at me. I mean, I'm a big dude, but I don't, I hold my weight so good. I hold my weight great. So it's like, when you look at me, you think I'm 320, 325, but in reality, I was 350. So, you know, just, you know, probably drop a couple pounds. I mean, that's nothing to it. I mean, I'm just cardio, just some cardio. But, um, but yeah, that was it. But overall, they said I was doing great. And yeah. Yeah, the weight a little bit, just the weight a little bit. <laughs> they say drop some weight. That's that's. I mean, that makes sense. I'm glad this. I'm glad the scouts and the teams were saying yeah. the same thing that we saw on the field because we thought we thought you played excellent all week long. And in those practices, man, lining up against guys you have no idea. You know, you've never played with them before, so it's obviously going to be something that's going to be happening yeah. on the next level as well. So to watch you just move with such fluidity and work so well with your teammates, especially on those two on three drills. I mean, you guys just look offensive lines they dominated all week, and there's a lot of really good defensive linemen there. Uh, it, it's on, on the offensive side of the line as well, who are some of your teammates that you were just really, really impressed by? I know you said you impressed by Dylan and, and Miners as well, but is there anyone else that stood out to you? Well, let me see. Um, on my side about the American team, I would say office lineman wise, right? Yeah. Uh, all those guys are good, to be honest. Um, <laughs> y'all were cheating because y'all they had you at center and they had Deontay Brown at guard. That was cheating. Like that's cheating. Hey, no, he's a great, like, when Ron Blocks, like, man, me and him just go crazy. Like, it was, it was like, I was like, bro, you were the first person, like, to, like, he'll be like, like, I'm always the initiator when it comes to, like, making, having to make those type of blocks. And he just make my job so much easier. I'm like, okay, thank you. So, yeah, I would say when it came to Ron Block and Deontay, for sure, like, he, yeah, he was nice. Um, 
who who I played beside? I'm trying to remember. It was like, but it was game was just like two weeks ago. I'm trying to see. Um, Trey Trey Smith was nice. Uh, Trey Smith, my yeah. guy. Trey Smith. Um, Jack Harrison. Jack Harrison was nice. Um, my guy Deontay Smith. That's my boy. Deontay Smith. That boy nice. Uh, uh, he, he he surprised me a lot. Like he did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing. Deontay Smith from East East Carolina. Um, the right tackle from Iowa. Uh, he was nice. Um, who else? Drake Jackson. He 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 was a funny guy. Uh, the center. He he was good. He did his thing. Um, who else? Let's see. Who I'm missing? Corson. Yeah, that- is it Carson? Corson. He did his thing. Uh, yeah, that whole line group was solid. Yeah, yeah, Leatherwood, Leatherwood did his thing as well. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I get everybody in the room. Ben Cleaver, <laughs> Ben Cleaver, you know, he, he played one practice, basically did his thing. Uh, let's see who else. Left guard, left tackle. I think it's everybody who was in the room. Yeah, you I know, think man, I think you got pretty man, much everybody. Huh? I think you got everybody. I think so. I forgot Leonard Dickerson because he did. Um, Landon, he did he did a great job of uh, helping me when he came to the center position, gave me some chips. So I got to shout my guy out. He did he he gave me a little bit of um, pointers and stuff like that. So got shout him out too. You know. Yeah. Before we get you out of here, a couple yeah, two more off. questions. Before we before we let you go, two more questions. Yeah. Um. What are you more comfortable at, center or guard? Because we saw you move around at the senior ball at center and guard. And who do you model your game after? You know, anyone in the NFL that you look to and say, hey, I can be like that guy, or this is kind of how I model my game after, if, if you can help me out with those two. Um, what was the first question? Get slip my, <laughs> slip my head. <laughs> no, I was saying, is, um, I was saying you know, what, what are you more comfortable with, center or guard? Is that are you okay with either one? It's crazy because my first time playing center, you know, uh, reps playing center was at the senior bowl. So uh, for me, I actually think I did better at center than I did at guard. So I mean, just getting the reps down, you know, like the shotgun reps, you know, snapping ball. I think I think I'm more I might be more comfortable with center. I mean, I, I like center. I like center position. It was funny. Um, but guard, probably guard is tough. That's tough. That's tough. I think I can do both. I mean, yeah, that's tough. But um, that's a tough question. I don't know. You had to ask me that, man. That's a Sorry. Tough question. <laughs> uh, and then you know, who do you also, who do you who do you model yourself after? <laughs> um, probably I try to use guys you know kind of close to my size. Um. I would say Shaq Mason, um, also Rodney Hudson, Jason Kelsey. Um, there's a couple more guys that just got in the league. Um, I think a guard from um, Tennessee Titans, Ty Davis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it sounds right, Ty um, Davis, yeah. And also Quentin Nelson, because he reminds me of myself with the physicality. Yeah, you can get out there and lay the wood once you get moving. Man. Yeah, that's no, no, I'll tell you what, you're just, just definitely quick, bro. <laughs> You'll get up on those linebackers and they won't see you coming. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, those are my guys, though. Those, those are the guys I would say I, I compare myself to and try to, and try to um, take some of the things from their game and add it to my game. Yeah, that's that's what we like to hear, shit, because we, we thought you did well at Senior Bowl. We thought you were excellent. Um, before we get you out of here, let the people know where they can find you. Do you have a, a Twitter, an Instagram? If you want to get people on the Call of Duty, where can they find you? Um, on Instagram, um, my tag is dmore, D-M-O-O-R-E, 60, underscore, on Twitter, D-A-V-60, underscore, and then on the PS4, you know, you know, the Warzone, you can find me, Big Dave, 60, underscore, you know, so I take you want to wear number 60 at the next level. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I do, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get a number in the 50, though, like 55. You know, that's my linebacker number, but, but you know, I like 55 because that's what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to take the linebacker out, so, you know, I'm going to 55, too. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Love it. Uh, David, man, we thank you so much for joining us tonight or today. Excuse me. Not tonight. We usually record at night, but we, we made sure we get you in here during the day. Um, we will hopefully see you on draft day, whether that's day one, day two, day three, wherever you go, man. Best of luck. Hopefully we can stay in touch um, and, and, you know, build something, you know, as a relationship. Hopefully you are a Niner because you are on my list of players that I hope the 49ers do select because the Niners do need a center and a guard and you would fit perfectly into that offensive scheme. Um, but man, we thank you so much for your time today, bro. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Y'all have a great day. You too. Thank you, brother. All right, we want to say thank you to David Moore once again, one of our favorite prospects at the Senior Bowl. Um, guard, center, kind of wherever you want to play them. Mm-hmm. You know, he was even, you know, we thought he was a great player. He was an even better person, you know, when we talked to him. Um, I, you know, that's the guy I hope the Niners are considering. Uh, in this upcoming draft. Yeah, out here stealing my line, man. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's it's I always <laughs> it's always nice when you, when you talk to a player and he's he's just as nice off the field as as he is good on the field and we wish Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Oh man, I, I hope he lands in a good situation because I love that kid. I could finally use that button now because I thought he was a bad mofo. It he's, is. He's, he's it is. I I hope I hope he lands himself in a good situation <laughs> and gets a, gets a real shot in this league. A lot of the FCS guys, you know, we we talked about it. My love of FCS. These are still ballers. And for one reason or another, they didn't make it to D1. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, but we hope that David finds himself in a great situation on a, on a good team. And hopefully it's the 49ers because that guy will maul, maul in Kyle Shanahan's run game. But we'll see. We'll see. So yeah. now we're on to the only topic that 49ers Twitter ever likes to talk about. <laughs> the, only thing, the only thing that matters anymore, and it's the quarterback situation and there's what who do you who do you want to talk about first what what, what do you, you want to get Stafford let's out get of, the let's get Stafford uh yeah, out, let's of the get way. Stafford okay. out of the way because i took the most smoke i took the most smoke for that which is which is fine um like i said before i'm not a reporter i don't want to be a reporter i only share what i'm told um mm-hmm. or what people tell me i gain nothing from this um when you know right or wrong i don't get anything i don't matt have you seen a paycheck from any of this stuff no no Exactly. So uh, it is what it is. But when it comes to, you know, my, my reporting on Stafford, I, I have I have to trust the guy who has sent me pretty much every coaching hire that was correct. He sent me the information on Stafford wanting out. 
way mm-hmm. back in early November, and I tweeted yeah. that out. I said, "Hey, if Dan Campbell is fired, is hired, expect uh, Matthew Stafford to request a trade." Yep, I, it's on my Twitter timeline, so that came from me. Um, when it comes to you know the the Salah hire, I had that two three days early. The 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 the, the Falcons hires, I had those early. I mm-hmm. had the the Brandon Staley. Like I have I have someone who helps me out with this stuff, which is cool. Um, he got it wrong. Whether the Niners were incompletely the way he's told me they were, yet to be seen. Uh, reports are what they are, based on you know that's with that's either what they were told from the Niners or however some some things need to be reported, which is. The way this business works, unfortunately, with a business, this business is very eye-opening. We saw that at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. There is a lot of things that mm-hmm. go on down mm-hmm. there, which is fine. You know, it is what it is, which makes me further know that this is not the business I want to get into permanently. <laughs> uh, this is just for fun, and it is a hobby. So for everyone out there who was mad at me, I'm sorry. I can only share what I know, and that's just for y'all. Yeah, you know, and- so I feel fans should be, I feel fans should be in the know as much as possible. I understand why front offices may lie or, or stretch the truth or fabricate some yeah. things because it is it is to their best interest to not say everything, you know, to the fan base. And that's it makes perfect sense because we've, you know, I, I don't know if anyone ever listens to Kyle Shanahan's press conferences on or his reports on KNBR. He's like, yeah, we have a guy who listens to everything. And I'm sure other teams listen to mm-hmm. other people's shows and podcasts. And they have a person somewhere in their, in the basement looking at tweets and following everything possible to make sure that nothing's getting leaked out or things aren't um some teams aren't you know have some some kind of hole somewhere and the, the Niners can pick it up from something else but you know everyone out there that's my bad and I will but but it's not no triple, I'm, I'm, I'm I will gonna, triple I'm, triple I will triple quadruple check next time on I'm, that I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna step up here and defend you for a second because we were both in Mobile you you sent that stuff out and there's more than what five ten people that came up to us during practices, yeah. a bunch of them said they had the same thing. Yeah. There's there's a lot of big names out there that said the same thing you did. You were just earlier than they were. Yeah. Everything, and we'll say this until we'll say this until our dying breath. Everything is fluid. Everything in the NFL is fluid. The Rams pulled one over on everybody because the only team that was not down in Mobile was the Rams. They were the only team not there. When we're talking to the coaches from UAB, because we want we love Austin Watkins and Jordan Smith from them. They were yeah, telling they us that us. They're, they're telling yeah. us that 31 NFL teams talked to both their guys. The only team that didn't was the Rams because they weren't there. Those guys were wheeling and dealing and hustling. And now they are the most dangerous team in the NFC West. And as of right now, as we sit here on we're recording on February eleventh, it's not close. Russell Wilson is having issues up in Seattle. He's saying he he's wants. He, he's he's saying maybe he wants out. The, the, the Seattle's not happy with him. Whatever it is, he's not happy with the the fact that they haven't gotten him an offensive line in the ten years he's been in the league. The Cardinals are the Cardinals as long as they have Cliff Kingsbury at the helm. I don't think they're a dangerous team. The 49ers clearly have some holes they have to figure out. The biggest hole in, in L.A. was quarterback. Was Jared Goff holding them back? Now they don't have to fucking worry about that because they got Matt Goddamn Stafford. And yeah. our, our my praise is not my praise for Matt Stafford is not going to change now that he plays for the Rams. He is still the same quarterback. He is still just as good. And he gets he now gets to work with Sean McVay, which is far and away the best offensive coach he's ever had. Yeah. He gets Cooper Cup. He gets Robert Woods. He gets Van Jefferson. He gets uh, Cam Akers started to come on at the end of the year. He gets all these guys. 
They're going to make them dangerous. The best thing that happened to the 49ers when it comes to the Rams this offseason is they lost Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley goes to coach the Chargers. They lost their defensive coordinator. you got to hope their defense kind of takes a step back, but they still have Aaron Donald. They still have that dude. The defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. That's a dangerous team, and Matt Stafford is going to make them. I don't want to see them twice a year. All this same old sorry-ass Ram shit I think is going out the window just a little bit here. Because <laughs> I think I think Matt Stafford makes them an exceptionally dangerous team. And what I view right now is the weakest the NFC has been, whew, what, in a long time, right? Breeze is out yeah. in New Orleans. Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl title, but Tom Brady is 43 going on 44. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is another year older, but the Packers are going to kind of fall apart at the seams. They're going to lose Aaron Jones. It's just a big part of their offense. Uh, yeah. No one else in the NFC North scares me. The NFC East is a dumpster fire. The Rams right now, on February 11th, are the NFC favorite in my eyes, and I don't—I'm not gonna say it's not close, but they're yeah. the NFC favorite in my eyes because of the trade for Matt Stafford. Because all the positive things we said Matt Stafford would do for the 49ers, he's gonna go do in LA. Absolutely. He's gonna Absolutely. go do in LA. I, you know, I like Stafford. I thought he would be a great fit in San Francisco. Um, you know, obviously the reports are were, the the reports were that the Niners were interested. Mm-hmm. Um, I took it further because of what the information I was told. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is because I don't. Again, I don't get anything from this. It is I just do this in my office, which is freezing right now because Texas decided to have an ice storm. Um, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. It, it's it's watering the bridge to me. You know, I'm going to continue doing the podcast and other things, bringing you guys other content. If I have any other information, I'll put it out when I feel like it. And if I have to. I'll share some stuff that I think the fan base should know. Um, it is, for some people, it is hard to wrap around their head that, hey, you know, you guys don't have anything. I, listen, I live in to- Austin, Texas. I live in a very nice neighborhood around a couple NFL players, and those NFL players have their agents around quite a bit. Um, you know, my son plays football. There's coaches and other things around here, down here in Texas, that, you know, lend a lot of information to us. You know, it does help when you have certain people who come on your show every once in a while who reach out to you and tell us other things on the back end through text or phone calls. So that, that kind of stuff does happen. So um, it is what it is. Like I said, I'm not trying to be a reporter. I get paid for this shit. I sell cars. You know what I mean? So, um, but <laughs> yeah, the I, other I, name, I, 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 I'm a contractor for the Royal Australian Air Force. It's actually kind of nice to hear your voice right now because the last three days it's been nonstop meetings <laughs> with the Aussies. And I love our Australian listeners. We've got a whole bunch of them. You guys are awesome. But it's really hard to try and take notes from meetings with those accents over like shitty connections and phones. So I'm just so happy to hear an American accent again. Uh, so yeah, we, we don't do this for a living. We're dudes with microphones yeah. that just happen to know a couple people, and we like to do it. And we're trying to give you all the information that we get because we think it's fun, yeah. and we think that everybody should be in the know, and not everybody should have to listen to—I don't want to say bullshit—but the political speak that comes from the team. Not bullshit. It's just it's political speak, and it's the stuff where we're because we're going to get into two guys right now. Jimmy Garoppolo is our quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is our quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is our quarterback. That's the number one thing that has been said from the 49ers mm-hmm. all like last two off seasons. And now they're tied to two more quarterbacks by multiple sources. They're tied to two guys, three guys. <laughs> if you want to count Wentz, but I don't really think they're in on Wentz. Yeah, please. No, I don't yeah. think they're in on Wentz. I don't, I, I think that's, I think that's, he's got to go to Indy. He's got to go back to Frank Reich or his career is a bust. 
But there's two other guys. Who you want to start with? You want to start with the the really really good one, or do you want to start with the one that? Man, maybe let's start Shanahan with the one. Save? Let's start with the one that maybe Shanahan can save. And I think this has more to do with. <clears throat> I mean, I, not that I think it has more to do with. I think I think Kyle Shanahan could look at Sam Darnold the way Kevin Stefanski looked at Baker Mayfield. He mm-hmm. could save his career before it just completely goes off the rails. Um, do I think Sam Darnold is an upgrade on what's today, February 11th? No. Absolutely not. I don't think he's an upgrade. Is there talent there? Absolutely. Me, Jason, and Leo were up the other night for like three hours just watching film on Sam Darnold. There's some really nice stuff on there. And then there's like, what the fuck are you doing, Sam? Like, <laughs> what is going on? Um, and I don't claim to be a film expert or anything like that. But when you, you can just see certain things. And I just, I just attribute certain – I just listen to a lot of people talk about quarterbacks. You know, watch the feet, watch their head movement, and, you know, the decision-making from there. But Sam Darnold is being linked to the 49ers by several people. Um, Schefter, Schefter brought it up again today on KMBR. Mm-hmm. He's brought it up several times on his KMBR spots. He's mentioned it on ESPN. He's mentioned, you know, Ian Rathport's mentioned on NFL Network. Albert Breer, Peter King, you name it. Everyone out there is mentioning Sam Darnold to the Niners. Obviously, the connection there is Robert Sala and Kyle right. Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Could this be something where the Jets and Niners are trying to build up Sam Darnold's trade value to kind of call the Houston Texans bluff on Watson you Maybe. know is Maybe. that an option um when it comes to Sam could he do could he do what Jimmy Garoppolo's asked of him that I don't know based on some of the film stuff it's just like I I, I don't know can he turn his back to the defense and make it a, you know throw a strike can he run the play action boot can he can he do these things I don't know if he can do that successfully um but there's a reason the Niners are looking it's more so injuries and probably a little bit of performance with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, for the fans out there who are like, hey, Jimmy's our guy. Yeah, the Kyle, DeForest Buckner was their guy too. Like, come on. George Kittle was their guy. And they they, they did some shopping with him. Like, they're, they're always looking to upgrade and looking to improve this roster. If Sam Darnold is that guy, cool. You know, Sam Darnold does come with a low cap hit. Um, Nine million dollars. Nine million dollars. And the Niners would only have to pay five million of it. Roughly five million of it. So, so it saved twenty so, million, basically. Yes, yeah, so you save twenty million. Okay. Then you add in the post June cuts of Richburg and Ford. The Niners are probably sitting right around fifty million dollars in cap space, fifty to sixty million. So then you can go ahead and re-sign a Trent Williams. You can go ahead and re-up um, Fred Jason Warner, Verrett. Fred Warner, Jason Verrett, maybe Kyle Uzcheck, and then you add in, hey, maybe we can go get a Yannick Ngakwe. What if he's he's available? He's a free agent. What about Carl Lawson? You know, you can go pay for another edge rusher that you're going to need because Bosa's in surgery was more complicated than they. He is ahead of schedule, but it was more complicated. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to rush him back. Right. So you're going to need another pass rusher, and then you're, and I don't think it's going to cost you the 12th pick to go get Sam Darnold. So now you're able to utilize that 12th pick as a, as a, as a real asset. You can use 12 and move it all over the fucking board. Yep. You know, you can move back in the first. You can add an extra second. You can add future picks you know there's there's a lot of moving and shaking going on here um but yeah sam Darnold is 9.7 million dollars so yeah and then the team that would get him would be roughly five million yeah right around five million dollars so it's a no-brainer in that sense but do you can you sell that to the fan base sam Darnold to the 49ers that is the hard sell if i'm cal shanahan i don't give a fuck what the what the fan base thinks i don't give a fuck I, if coaches made decisions based on what the fans want, Jesus, that'd be miserable. 
That'd be we. That'd be miserable. No. So, if if you want to look at it from the money perspective and the amount of players they can keep or go get, however you want to say it, keep or go get, because they have to keep Trent Williams. We've talked about this so many times. He's 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 got to be priority number one. He ran a faster forty than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's run a faster forty than every single 49ers quarterback since Colin Kaepernick. That's how athletic <laughs> Trent Williams is. The last two quarterbacks were Blaine Gabbard and, and, and Colin Kaepernick were the only two that have run faster 40 times than Trent Williams in probably like the last two decades. I mean, this guy is crazy athletic. He wins all the time from the left tackle spot. You go back and you watch the film this year, if he was playing, you didn't even have to look at the left side of the line when you're watching film oh, on, yeah. on, on what happened because he's stonewalling <laughs> whoever the fuck is out there. It didn't matter. It's Trent fucking Williams, man. Gotta, you got to bring him back. And it's... But Sam Darnold, he's kind of a lateral move, in in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. From Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo, he's so. a lateral move, but he gets he gets a little bit of a bonus. You you said you watched some of this stuff and you're going, "What the fuck is he doing?" Yeah, there's a lot of those. But there's a lot of that with Jimmy Garoppolo too. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But the thing that Sam Darnold can do is Sam Darnold makes some holy shit throws. He, he makes some throws yes. where you're like, yes. "Holy shit, this guy has." talent and I've said it so many times it's becoming like I'm almost sick of saying it but I'll never be sick of saying because it's Adam Gase Adam Gase is a disease in the (laughs) NFL that has been writing one positive comment from Peyton Manning into multiple head coaching jobs I don't understand it I don't get it I don't think we will see a Tannehill-esque jump from Sam Darnold Tannehill, you know, he leaves Adam Gase and then he goes to the Titans and all of a sudden he's yeah. good. Like he's actually good. But Tannehill flashed in Miami at least. He had some good in Miami. He had torn ACL. You know, he had all sorts of injury issues as well. So it's, Tannehill at least looked okay at times in Miami. Darnold has never looked good in New York. No. I'm going to put I part mean, of that on Gase and I'm going to put part of that on the New York Jets. <clears throat> the New York Jets, that's a bad football team. Robert Sala inherited a bad football team. Frank Gore, who we love, we love Frank Gore, he was their leading rusher last year. He was their bell cow running back, and not because they, not because Frank Gore is 2010 Frank Gore. It's because they had no other options to go with. They, Le'Veon Bell wasn't working, and he wanted out, so he got out. Go play for the Chiefs. And then, you know, uh, P. Ryan kept getting hurt. It, there's just so many different things that happen that you can't, Love Frank Gore, but he he can't be your number one running back in 2020. Can't be. No. Sam Darnold was dealing... Every time he had... Oh, what's his name? Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder this year. He's actually yeah. a really, really good slot receiver. Whenever he had Jameson Crowder this year, Jameson Crowder put up numbers. Jameson Crowder put a ton of numbers this year. I had him in fantasy. And I had him on the bench so many goddamn times. I'm like, he plays for the Jets. I'm not playing a guy from the Jets. And he puts up like 20 points in fantasy. He puts up numbers. Sam Darnold has, has flashed enough ability to me to think that if anyone can save him, it's Shanahan. If anyone in the league can take him and groom him to be a better quarterback, it is, is Kyle Shanahan. We talk about all the time how Kyle Shanahan just simplifies the offense. He cuts the field in half. He makes it two reads where all you got to do is make the right one and you're good. I think Sam Darnold can do that. I think, would Sam Darnold have lumps? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Would he throw bad interceptions? Of course he would. Especially when he's learning, you know, you talked about it, when he has to turn his back to the defense and, and run the play action rollout. He's going to have some interceptions. But they're already living with interceptions. Because you got a quarterback that doesn't see the underneath defender ever. So this isn't new. This isn't new. And if you're going to save $20 million by making this move, and it's not going to cost you an absurd amount of draft capital to do it, and you can hold on to that 12th overall pick, why the fuck not? Just why not? Take a, take a chance on this guy. Let's say you hold on to 12. Trey Lance falls. You let Trey Lance sit behind Darnold for a year, half a year, whatever it is, and then you roll him out there. It, it gives you so many options if you go get Darnold instead of instead of holding on to Jimmy because Jimmy's just going to prohibit so many different things because of his contract. We've said it 100 times. If Jimmy cost $12 million, I wouldn't care. Run it back. Exactly. But he cost twenty-seven. $27 million. It's $25 million off the books if he's traded or cut. Yeah. That is so much money. If you're going to save $20 million on Darnold and it's not going to cost you an arm, like, why the fuck not? Just do it. Pull the trigger. Because they, 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 they need to do something at the quarterback position. And I don't think Sam Darnold's the savior. I don't think he's going to come to Shanahan and be an MVP. I don't think he's going to come to Shanahan and even necessarily be a pro bowler. Yeah. But he just, can't be any worse than what we saw on the field this year. He can't be. He can't no. be. I go back. So we went back and watched uh, the Dallas game. When he came back from mono, he had, that was probably one of his better games. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched the Rams game from this past season where the Jets beat the shit out of the Rams, which is very odd. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, the same issues I have with Jimmy Garoppolo about his footwork is kind of the similar things you see with Sam Darnold. Um, but Sam Sam's mobility is kind of what saves him for me when I'm watching him. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have any elite arm strength, but he has enough to push the ball downfield, and he has the gall to you know, push the ball downfield. And that's kind of what we're lacking with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we everyone's on the, the Twitter the Twitter machine posting their uh, pro-Jimmy throws. And I think Jimmy's best throw was the one where he actually stepped into the throw and he ripped it right to Ross Dwelly. Was it a little bit late? Sure, but he ripped it where he needed to rip it to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the kind of throws that we're lacking from Jimmy Garoppolo. You see a lot of those throws from Sam where he kind of just rips it in there. And that's kind of what you need in the NFL. You need a little bit more of that. Um with when I'm watching Sam, his feet just really, really scare me. Um, not to the point of where Jimmy kind of t- you know pitter patters, pitter patters, you know his feet, but where he kind of just kind of looks like he gets stuck in sand, and he'll just throw this odd ball. It'll it'll get there, but it's just it's just risky what he does. Um, and then I, I'm not certain if he if he has ever really grasped what a defensive what defenses are trying to do to him. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that is coaching, whether that's just him not processing it fast enough, you can kind of see he kind of gets stuck on some things. Um, this this and the thing is with every quarterback, I kind of attach it to Kyle Shanahan. Can he make it easy for Sam Darnold? I think so. Yep. Um, I think if Sam Darnold were to be traded to the Niners, this would be the most talented team he'd ever be play, he'd ever play with. You have Brandon Ayuk, you have a George Kittle, you have a Debo Samuel. Obviously, whatever the draft class may be, whatever the free agent class may be. You know, and it's a way to keep Trent Williams. You have a better offensive line than you may have ever had in in New York. Mm-hmm. And then the run game, of course, Kyle Shanahan doesn't matter who the running back is; just put somebody back there, plug and play, um, baby. So you know that's going to help out. And then on the defensive side, of course, it helps to have a talented defense. So 
and, and I, I just don't, I, part of me thinks Kyle doesn't need an elite quarterback to play because he's so egotistical. Like, I can make this work with anybody. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, to, to, to kind of help people's arguments, yeah, you can't make it happen with anybody. You know, Nick and CJ can do it, but those guys are, you know, very bare of talent. You know, Nick's best thing is his processing, and CJ has an arm. The other, the rest of it is just like meh. Um, God, if you put all three of the 49ers quarterbacks together, they would make like one like decent yeah, quarterback. Yeah, they'd make a really good quarterback. Yeah, like <laughs> CJ can run. CJ uh, can Jimmy, move. J- Jimmy, Jimmy has the more talent. You yeah. know, it's just like and fuck. you put his processing. Yeah, you put Nick Mullins processing in in with CJ's arm and, and Jimmy's ability. Yeah, it, it would be a good quarterback. It would work. And then Jimmy got the quarterback face, so it works. There so it is. There it is. Um, yeah, Beth really know, suffers if, on that one. He does not have quarterback face at no, all. He has Nick no. Mullins. He has Nick Mullins' face, um, uh, but with, but I, I guess I guess in 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 short, I'm not fully there on Sam Darnold. Yeah, um, would I understand the move if they made the move? Absolutely, from mm-hmm. a cap perspective and a, and a roster construction perspective, I would understand them making that move. Um, Let's, now it goes. And now let's get to Watson. Let's get let's get to the guy that, that everybody is is pipe dreaming about they, the cost. That's the problem. Okay, so let me just ask you one question right now, outright. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone on the 49ers roster you would not trade in a Watson deal? Um, I, honestly, I I I think Bosa is the only one I would not trade. Okay, and that just comes from. We we saw the first three years of this regime without a Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw them struggle with a Cassius Mars and Elvis Duverville. Dumerville, they they had Aaron Lynch for that little bit of time. Like you still need an elite edge rusher. You know the guys who get paid the most are the guys who protect the quarterback and the guys who sack the quarterbacks and obviously the quarterback. So you're gonna need an edge rusher. Nick Bosa is one of the more talented edge rushers in the league. Um, defensive rookie of the year. We saw what he did to this defense last year. Um, now the Niners did have a pretty good defense this this past season, but I think I think the only one that's untouchable right now is Nick Bosa. Um, now with the other guys that keep get bringing up, George Kittle's not getting traded. His dead cap month, his dead cap number is too high. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that people would think is untouchable is Fred Warner. Just take a look at his dead cap; he might be touchable. I don't think anyone is untouchable. And I would cry roster. if Fred From, got traded, by the way. I, same. How, how, how long have we been Fred Warner's linebacker one? Like two and a half years now, a year and a half now. We clearly love, this is a very, as our guys over the Blow the Whistle podcast, this is a very pro Fred Warner podcast. I don't think from a player perspective, not a contract, because contract's obviously a different thing. I don't think anyone on the team is untouchable. I will die on that hill. I will die on that hill. That no one on your roster is untouchable. Well, no one on the 49ers roster right now, as it's constructed, is untouchable. If you're the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, untouchable. You're not trading him. Because let me tell you what, if the 49ers were to put, package any one of those players, Kittle, Bosa, Fred Warner, whatever it is, you know who becomes untouchable in a trade for the 49ers? Deshaun fucking Watson does. Yeah. He becomes the untouchable guy. So that's why I think there's nobody that's untouchable. Unfortunately, I think you're right. I, I think if the 49ers are going to pull this off, and we know Houston is being stubborn. We know Houston doesn't want to do this. They don't want to They don't want to budge. Yeah. Casario is trying to play hardball with the whole league, but like 
everybody also kind of knows like Watson doesn't want to play there. <laughs> and the longer you drag this out, the, the less the cost is going to be because teams aren't going to want to play with you. You might as well, you, they should have taken whatever deal that was offered to them a month ago. They should have just been like, yes, deal. Okay. We'll take it. Three first rounders. Got it. Cool. Thank you. Three first rounders, two seconds and a third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They should have taken it right there on the spot, but they didn't. Now they're probably going to get less for it, but if you got to trade Fred Warner, that will be a sad day. That will be a sad day, and it'll be a very sad day for a couple reasons. One, we love Fred Warner. And two, look at the Super Bowl. Look at the Super Bowl, which we haven't really talked about. The Chiefs got blown out. There, we talked about it. Levante David and Devin White made life hell for the Chiefs. They made life hell for the Chiefs. They kept Travis Kelsey off his timing. They jammed guys at the line of scrimmage. And their coverage abilities showed how important it is to have multiple linebackers that can do it at an extremely high level all game long. Fred Warner is on that level. Fred Warner is better than those guys. But they're the better tandem. They're yeah, the better Devin tandem White than, than him. And, bro. Oh, my God. Fred Warner is better than Levante David and, and Devin White, but the two of them together are better than Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And we love Dre Greenlaw, too. But the, the Bucks have the better tandem. And we saw how important that was in the Super Bowl because you have to figure that one of the teams you're probably going to run into on a Super Bowl run in any given year is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. As long as they have Patrick Mahomes, they have a chance. Yeah, of course. So... Y- <laughs> I don't like the idea of trading Fred Warner, but they have to pay Fred Warner. And he's going to be paid, well, he's probably going to get top two linebacker money, top one linebacker money right now. Based on his his play, I mean, he's got named All-Pro. Is he untouchable? No, unfortunately not. I don't think anyone is, but contract stuff is going to make Kittle and Bosa untradeable for the 49ers right now because... They're already going to be eating Deshaun's contract. All sorts of, it, 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 the money doesn't work. The money doesn't, especially if you want to be able to hold on to some guys. The money doesn't work. Yeah, I, it just doesn't work. I, I would, I would, I would say I would cry. I don't know if I'd cry. I'd be sad. I'd be upset. I'd be I'd upset. Be upset. I'd, be upset. I'd be upset. I'd be upset. sad. I would wish Fred all the best of luck in Houston. I would wish go Fred watch all the luck and not get an extension there. Like just, yeah, just, just play, go play one out. year and just get out. Yeah, and then, come, out and then come on right back. And then come on right back. Well, let's do this. Let's do this. Come on right back. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's Watson. It's Deshaun Watson. How good is he? It's very good. He had J.J. Watt apologizing to him on the way off the field in Week 17. J.J. Watt said, we wasted one of your years. Yeah, we wasted one of your years because that's how bad the football team was around him last year. Deshaun Watson and Shanahan's offense came the fuck over. The 49ers have the worst quarterback situation in the in the NFC West right now. It's fair to yeah. say. Fair to say. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, the, they get Deshaun Watson. They've got the best, second best. I, I can't put him above Wilson. Okay, Sorry. fair enough. But but the way Russell Wilson is not enjoying himself in Seattle right now. It's, yeah. Whatever. That that becomes the most elite group of of quarterbacks ever assembled in one division. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. Get the fuck out of here. 
There's three guys taken in the top four and then Russell Wilson who slid because he's short. You're talking that, that would be an all-time, all-time quarterback division if the 49ers were to get Watson. And I, I personally, to me, go get him. I don't give a shit what it costs. Fuck these picks. Fuck them. I don't care. Go, go pay it. Go get the guy because he immediately transforms you into a Super Bowl roster. Immediately. Where are you at? I mean, if it, you know, a player like Deshaun Watson is a decade changer. You have your starting quarterback for a decade. So the, the value of him, the value of whatever it takes to get him doesn't matter. What I'm more, what I'm more worried about is if you're going to give up a Fred Warner, now you have to replace that linebacker. So now mm-hmm. you have to do that. So um, what is it? Is it Fred plus picks? Okay, what are those picks? Are those picks three first-rounders? Um, I would not be opposed to sending the first-rounders to Houston for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. What I would get really, really worried about is if you're starting to add in other picks, like a second-rounder, a third-rounder. Like you're starting to add more to that. Um, that's when you start getting yourself into a bind because those second-rounders still have a lot of value. Those third-rounders mm-hmm. have a lot of value. Um, because that's how you can replace some of these guys. You know, that's how you can get a good guard. You can get a good guard in the third round. You can find a linebacker in the third round. Um, you can find a, a good wide receiver in the second. I mean, look at look at the roster. The Niners got Debo in the second, Fred in the third, right? You know, those are big pieces to this team. Um, the first rounders wouldn't bother me too much because if you are expecting to make the playoffs, at least for the first two years of this trade after the trade, you know, those picks should be anywhere between twenty five and thirty two. So you mean to tell me, okay, cool, we'll send you Fred Warner plus number 12 in 2021. Okay, I can I can live with that. 2022, that pick should be 25 to 32. So you're, that's a late round. That's a late first rounder. The year after that, you, you're expecting yourself to be in the playoffs again. Boom, another 25 to 32 selection. So it, it, that doesn't, the bite, the, the pain isn't there. But when you start adding in, seconds and thirds then you're like okay now you're really really messing with the roster construction of the 49ers going forward um and then of course you know those 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 picks in the second and third round you know those guys that's four years of cheap labor you know what i mean mm-hmm. you have to worry about watching the number in the following years after the 2021 season where he's only 15.4 million dollars for the team who takes him on so it just it's just a lot that goes into it. I would hate to be Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch right now when it comes to this, trying to navigate this entire <laughs> scenario. Um, you know, and who's to say, you know, who's to say they don't restructure Jimmy Garoppolo and they figure out how to keep other things around. But it, it's, it seems more and more likely that this, this 49ers team is looking to get out of whatever relationship they do have with Jimmy Garoppolo right now. So if I'm the Niners, I would understand the Stafford thing. I would be excited for Watson, um, but the cost would really, really worry me once you know all that kind of stuff came out. If they were to do that, yeah, that's I, I say fuck the picks, but like I mean, like kind of like fuck the first round picks. I don't want to lose the second thirds. I don't want to lose those. But if you're if you're trading an all pro player, I, I think you have enough negotiating tools. Where be Fred and two ones, would you do that? Yeah, but the, the one thing I, one thing I I've I've talked to people like, hey, this. Like this trade is going to hurt. It's going to hurt somebody. It's going to hurt. Obviously, it's going to hurt the Texans because they're losing the quarterback. But the team that's getting Deshaun, it's going to be painful. Like yeah, they're giving up something. You know whether that is Fred, whether that's Bosa, whether that's Kinlaw, whether that's Jimmy Ward. Like, but you have to now when you if you're going to go dig through it, you look at all the contracts. 
your best player or one of your best players is Fred Warner. He has very minimal dead cap. That's the easiest guy to move from a money standpoint, not a player standpoint, a money standpoint. So you can do that. Nick yep. Bosa's dead cap is insane. Kim Law, same thing. McGlinchey, Kittles, could he be, Kittles could he be had? Yeah. And then Kittles, 17, whatever, 17, whatever it is for his dead cap. That's that's yeah, another seven, issue. Seventeen so, nines. You know, that's just to me. It to me, all signs point to if the Niners are going to send a player, it's probably going to be Fred if they're going to send anybody. God damn it! <laughs> God I damn hate it. this. Um, let's see the the dead. Should cap I start looking Mc- at? Should I start looking at linebackers in the draft? Chaz Surratt, baby, Chaz Surratt. Yeah, he looked good. He looked good in Mobile. Uh, the, just 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 for shits and giggles, the dead cap on McGlinchey is five eight. 5.8 million this year. Hmm. And they still have his fifth year option, which they can or choose not to pick up. One of the two. They'll probably they pick it up. That. They're going to pick it they, up. They, they, you know, you got to pick it up. You got to pick yeah. it up at this point. I know I said during the season they probably weren't going to, but I think they will. Um, yeah. I mean, that's 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 going to dominate the, the discussion for the next – until they figure it the fuck out. <laughs> until, they, until they figure out whether or not they're going to take a – quarterback in the draft or they're going to trade for one or they're going to make a splash for Watson or what they're going to do because free agency starts in what a month and six days five weeks basically five weeks until because it's March 17th right St. Patrick's Day is the first yeah. day of the league year yeah so St. Patrick's Day league year we'll see what happens but there's gonna be a lot of rumors there's gonna be a lot of stuff flying around we'll we'll keep you posted if, if we get something and we're allowed to share it we will just try not to yeah. put our head in a spike if it's not what you want to hear. Yeah. And <laughs> we don't speak in definitives either. So yeah. we just say what well, we, 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 we hear it. We tell you all. Keep, yeah, keep the no people problem. informed. That's all we're trying to do. But, I mean, oh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today because there's only so much yeah. quarterback talk I can have before I just want to jump off my roof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, have, um, we, have, we have a safety. Um, yep. Hole in the 49ers roster for 2021. One of our favorite players next week will be on with us uh, from the Senior Bowl. We'll announce that later on next week um, on who that is. But uh, stay tuned for that. We appreciate everyone always tuning in. Give us a shout out on Twitter wherever you're at. Um, at I'm Javi. That is Matt. Check me out on Twitter at Javi underscore. Check my guy Matt at Matt Bar underscore. Don't forget to to check out everything on 49ersGoldmine.com. The articles up there are going great. Our guy Brett Rumbeck is doing a fantastic breakdown of all the sacks from every game he breaks down the he breaks down the play the diagram everything brett is just so much smarter than the rest of us just (laughs) so much smarter and also again thank you so much to david moore from grambling yeah brett is a bad mofo dude he's he's, i'm not messing (laughs) with brett remember we got on that zoom call with him and we're thinking oh it's just like brett's like whatever and then he's like yoked up and tatted nonstop. like what what is brett holy shit I don't, I'm not messing with Brett. Um, but again, thank you to David Moore from Grand Lake State for joining us. We so, we so much enjoyed watching him down in Mobile. It was really nice to get a chance to talk with him, get to know him a little bit. Um, wish him the best of luck in the draft. So thank you, David. Yeah, make sure you're following him on Instagram as well. He's got a he's got some really good workouts on there the last couple of days. So he's, he's training hard, getting ready, trying to cut those LBs like you said. But uh, until next week, everyone stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Take care of each other. Peace.